0: You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Bilal Vakani at BilalV87 on Twitter. And I'm back with your Smackdown review. And it's Tuesday's last Smackdown ever. And I, for one, welcome our new Fox overlords who will be bringing Smackdown to Friday night's. And uh, as I mentioned yesterday on our Raw review, they will be stacking the deck. Although you couldn't tell from this show, the main event was Shane McMahon with his lawyers talking to Kevin Owens. And of course, Shane offered a deal, which Kevin uh, didn't take, and he made it quite clear he didn't care about money. All he wanted was to get Shane fired, and basically this came down to a loser-is-fired match, although Kevin's already fired And it's not a Hell in a Cell match, it's a ladder match and sort of uh, in a funny twist of faith when Shane clearly said, you're on, uh, his mic was cut off. The reason was we went backstage to talk to Becky, which I'll get to in a second. But man, oh man, what a lame way to end SmackDown. We certainly had teases of what was coming, it just did not live up. The second big storyline, which uh, did end up concluding the show was Charlotte, started with Charlotte, looking for Carmella. Of course, R-Truth intercepted and hilarity ensued, but it was clear that Charlotte had no interest in the 24-7 title and that she was tagging with Carmella to take on Bailey and Sasha. Now, Carmella and Charlotte, not being a real team, of course they lost, despite our truth being ringside, which was hilarious. And as soon as the match was over, the women's locker room piled out Because I guess there was some sort of immunity rule during this match that I I didn't know about. And most of this was Fire and Desire and the the Pirates or the uh, Warriors. And very funny to see R-Truth carrying out Carmella. And this made an interesting moment where we saw Charlotte having to go two-on-one against Sasha and Bailey, Or so we thought until Becky Lynch finally decided to show up on SmackDown, even the score... And this looked like it worked quite well until SmackDown ended as they cut away from Shane before he could talk or before we could hear what he said. Becky was backstage to end the show when Sasha attacked her quite viciously and that became the final image of SmackDown on the USA Network and on Tuesday nights because even here in Canada we we have to move with you Americans and across the world to Friday. And I, for one, am quite happy that my Tuesday nights will now be free to... I don't know, do, but probably just be left alone. And also I could stop pretending to have plans on Friday. And I promise it's the last of my Tuesday jokes. Mandy Rose and Asasha Banks, no, Mandy, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville were backstage getting ready for a match. They were interrupted by Otis, who wanted a selfie with Mandy, and very interesting that Sonya actually told Mandy to stop handing out magazines and getting focused again, focused for their match. Tucker Tucky also had a cameo here, Tucker Knight. We eventually got the Warriors, uh, the Kabuki or whatever they're called Warriors, without Paige, of course, for the next surgery, taking on Mandy and Sonya. and they won. So they're sort of back in the peripheral as a contender for the women's tag team champions, if anybody cared. And this was pretty cut and dry. Just that's to say it's pretty dry. We also, uh, we actually opened SmackDown with Rowan uh, cutting a promo by himself, which was not a great idea. I can't tell you a single word he said, because I totally tuned out, even though it was the start of SmackDown. And what a difference from the excitement I got when the graphics were being changed by the feed to, oh God, here's Rowan the video highlight package before did not help as you've seen it daniel bryan came out it's pretty clear he wanted a fight so we had a match and my first thought was where are harper and rowan and of course harper showed up i don't i would assume it's a disqualification i don't even know got involved roman made the save and then they got on the mic and they sort of challenged him to a tag team title match i could only assume at hell in a cell because they certainly didn't tease it for smackdown next week so so be it I thought at some point they were promoting Rowan, Roman and Daniel Bryan speaking to each other. But maybe they meant Rowan. I keep confusing these two names. They're way too similar. I probably should refer to Bryan and Reigns instead of Bryan, Daniel and Rowan Roman. See, it's, it's too, too much of a problem. But I guess this is moving along, and I'm happy that Harper, who went on Twitter to complain about not having a t-shirt when there's a bunch of NXT shirts that have been shoddily put out, I'm glad that hasn't affected his status with the company. And we move on. There was a video package to promote Kofi taking on Brock Lesnar. We later got Kofi backstage with Michael Cole, which was less bizarre than when Cole did the backstage interview on Raw. And everybody's like, aren't you supposed to be on commentary? Obviously not a problem on SmackDown to this point. This was quite good. We also had Mustafa Ali taking on Shinsuke. I believe that last time this was a disqualification. This time, Sammy cut a great promo before. Ello was assisted. Shinsuke and I guess it isn't a clean win, but a win nevertheless. But obviously, I still think we are eventually going to get a title match with these two. For a moment, Sammy looked so healthy with the, from the neck injury. I thought Sammy was going to have the match with Ali, which is also an interesting prospect. Do Shin and Sammy eventually make a tag team run as well? Uh, I'm actually quite interested in that. Speaking of uh, former tag team uh, successors, Chad Gable came out to cut a promo on Corbin. And he got interrupted twice, which was sort of surprising. And not by Corbin, which was more surprising because you'd think this is an opportunity to push Corbin. No, Mike Kanellis came out. Gable beat him in a match, which was odd. And then Elias ripped Gable via song, which made more sense and was better. But what's going to happen next week? Is Gable going to be in some sort of three-on-one handicap match? Are Canalis and Elias destined to be Corbin's loyal subjects, which is actually fairly interesting. So let's see what happens. There, there's some potential because I like to be Chad Gable. Now, this could get quite good. What was not good was seeing the New Day take on the B team and Easily the low light of SmackDown. Uh, I love the New Day. And I actually quite enjoyed the B-Team. There were fun moments in this match. Including the the train. B-Train thing they do. But. This was sort of pitched. As a way to plug the draft. The New Day being very synonymous with SmackDown. Uh, the B-Team. I guess. Being known for being. Uh, I think the first Raw Tag Team Champions. Oh. Or at least prominent Raw tag team champion, I think is more accurate. I, I... I'm sort of at a loss. Where are the Revival... Who are actually the tag team champions? And as much as I love... Tucker and Otis being a comedy act... I think they're better as a tag team. I think I'd rather see them than these two teams. And of course we don't have the Usos... Because of certain legal issues. So the tag... It's, it goes back to what I said about Shin and Sammy. You're probably going to have to use those guys as a tag team because you're so deprived. And I think now we realize with the Street Profits, the reason they haven't had a match is because they need those guys to prop up NXT. And I agree. I don't think the Forgotten Sons and the uh, the Undisputed Era are going to be able to hold it as two heel teams. That's for sure. So, you know, when we look back at the last SmackDown USA Network, Not great. But, some good moments. And clearly, this show, and it's going to take some time, but between Brock Lesnar next week, between the draft, which seemingly will include stacking the commentary team, while simultaneously gutting the Raw team, to two guys in Vic Joseph and Deion Madden, reportedly, who you may not even know who they are, unless you're a nerd like me when it comes to wrestling and have been watching 205 Live or NXT UK, if you're not watching both of those shows and i don't even know if joseph does the commentary on 205 live offhand i think he does so if you're not watching 205 live don't know who this got guy, these guys are which ironically probably a show that doesn't exist very soon uh, and a quick shout out i want to just mention the canadian rights here are a mess I'm uh, be told the hour that we missed last week will be part of the friday smackdown thing but not on Wednesday which is really silly because we have poker on Wednesday and uh, are they protecting the US broadcast window in Canada for the guys with the legal satellites I have no idea Blalbacani at V 87 this was uh, the last Smackdown I'll be back on Monday for Raw and, and things will be very different going forward because I will now be with you every Friday night for Smackdown on Fox going forward Fox Fridays as I'm going to call it and uh, my social life will uh, have greatly diminished. Because I used to do a lot of fun stuff on Fridays. Not anymore. And WWE is calm calling for me. And I always answer that call. That's why I haven't missed an episode of 205 Live. Which will soon no longer exist. And I'm still enjoying NXT UK. But we don't need a podcast for that. Because it's NXT UK. Just like if there was an NXT Canada and I loved it. I'd just throw it out here. I wouldn't waste 10 minutes. Until Monday... I'm at Bilal BilalVakani at 87 Bilal on Twitter. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com.